Well, good morning, everyone. What a powerful name in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> I really appreciated that, that uh, song that we were singing. What a powerful name, the name of Jesus. Name above every other name. The name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, um, it's been a, a busy week, but it's, it's good to see you. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. And uh, I was just thinking as I was uh, preparing for the message today, am I, well, no, maybe I'll just leave it here. I was thinking this was a little high, but anyway, um, as I was preparing for the message today, I was thinking that as you read, when you're reading a good story, a good book, has anyone ever read into it a little bit and then thought, oh, I'm going to read the last chapter to see how it turns out? I want to have an idea of what really happened here in the end. So we want to look back and uh, turn back into the last chapter or so and see what really, really happened. So in real life, have you ever felt like turning the pages to find out if there is a happy ending? But there is no easy way to find out how the story ends in real life. We just hang on tight as the story unfolds. And so I'd just like to... uh, Turn to a scripture found in John chapter 11, and also welcome to everyone that may be watching online. We just trust that this will be a a time of encouragement to you. So John chapter 11, and this is a, a very important scripture. Uh, there's some truths in here where Jesus refers to himself as the resurrection and the life that we that are foundation to our Christian faith. But I would just like to read the first seven verses as well as toward the end of the chapter. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, He abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. So we have have the message that was sent from the sisters to Jesus. And you can imagine getting a message like this, even as we get messages today, As Brother Rob mentioned, prayer requests that come in, 
remember this one, that one, this circumstance, this is happening. Well, Mary and Martha, they sent this message to Jesus. And they said, Lazarus, the one you love is sick. And the sisters thought, surely Jesus would come. Surely Jesus would come wherever he was. And we know that Jesus could have simply spoken the word and Lazarus would have been healed. However, and this is getting to the the meat of my message, it is that God had a plan. And sometimes, usually, God's plan is not what our plan is. God always has had a plan. Satan has tried to upset it. And for what Satan intends for evil, God is still able to turn into good. He turns it into good. And as the story of our life unfolds, included in the the twists and the turns of our life, there are lessons. Every day there are lessons that are valuable about who God is, how he works, and how we fit into his plan. If you've ever done a a join-by-dots puzzle, you see, you kind of look at the dots, and you think, you know, what's this picture going to look like? And as you start to join the dots, it begins to reveal itself to you what what the plan is, but you really don't know what the picture is until you've finished joining all the dots. So as you're trying to imagine how the picture is going to look, uh, that is not the way things always work in God's plan, that we can just nice and tidily join all the dots. Because God's will does not proceed in a straight line. It doesn't follow all the dots. We may not see a clear connection between number one and number two, or between A and B. However, in Romans 8 and 28, in God's purposes, God wraps up all my good with your good, and the good of both of us, or the good of all of us, with the good of others. We, begin, we become woven together by God's master plan. Our story matters to the Lord, but he always has a big picture in mind. God continues with his own moves, like playing a chess game or a game of checkers. We make a move, and God moves. And how he moves, we're not really sure. But I just want to stress that God has the big picture in mind. God had given Joseph a dream. And I'm sure that as Joseph had this dream about, you know, all of his brothers and his parents bowing down to him, he he would wonder about that dream. And he would think, is there really going to be a time that my family, my brothers, 
last of all, my brothers, that they would be bowing down to me? And he would, he probably had a young man's imagination, which is the biggest nation in the world. And uh, as he would begin to imagine, you know, how this could possibly be. He knew, he felt in his heart that it was a prophetic dream, but uh, never in his wildest imagination had he thought of God's actual plan that he would be hated of his brothers. Well, he knew that they didn't like him, that they would try to kill him, change their mind, send him as a slave to Egypt, and all the plan that was played out in Joseph's life. He could never have imagined how it would all work out until probably the day that his brothers came and bowed before him, looking for food. And he thought to himself, God had a plan. And this is what he told his brothers. You know, you intended it for evil, but God had a bigger plan. And you know, in our lives, we, we can be so focused on the events that are happening in the now. And we, we really wonder how God is going to work in our lives. What is his plan for my life? But God has a good plan. He's got a big plan. And uh, he's going to be working on that in our lives. When I think about King Darius, who was forced to throw Daniel into the lion's den, Daniel didn't probably realize that from that occasion would come a decree from the king for the nation to serve his God, Jehovah, his God. God always has a plan, but it may not follow human logic. So what our thoughts are, as time goes on, you begin to see, well, no, we didn't go follow that, uh, that plan. I wonder where it's going now. And sometimes bad things can happen because we live in a fallen world. Tragedy may touch our lives. In Romans 8.28 this verse again that says all things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. It is sometimes misunderstood to think that only good things happen to those that love God. But Paul, if you read further on in that same chapter, Paul goes on to explain the kinds of things that we can expect in this world. Look what it says. Now this is just... This is following Romans 8, 28, down to verse 35, 38 and 39. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, so trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, 
nakedness or danger or sword? Here are some things that he says may happen to us. For I am, in verse 38 and 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even although those things come, what does he say? He says, what shall separate or uh, I am convinced that neither death nor life, and he, he enumerates a number of things. He says, these will not separate us from God's love. We who are Christians... Do not escape life, but we overcome life. We overcome life. Verse 37, he says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Going back to my scripture in John, it says Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And this, in, in this plan of God that is sometimes goes on a tangent from what we anticipated it to go, this is a love that we can cling to. It will hold us even although we do not understand God's ways. It doesn't change the fact of God's love. <clears throat> And sometimes God seems to tarry, but it is for our good and his glory. Whenever we feel that, God, you are late, you are tarrying, it's, it's always for our good and for his glory. So we find that when Jesus received this bad news, really, it says he stayed for two more days. He put in two more days. So, of course, what did Mary and Martha think at that time? And what about our lives when we feel that God is tearing? God is taking too long. Can't he see what's happening? However, we are, we are not pawns. God is not playing with us. We are... He is not saying you're expendable, you're unimportant, but we are cherished and highly loved. There's a verse found over in Luke 12, verse 6 and 7. Jesus tells us, are not five sparrows? Now, how many know what a sparrow is? Do you know what a sparrow is? We used to have lots of them on the farm. They'd build their nests up under the eaves of the the barn and the, the outbuildings, sparrows. You kind of looked at them as a bit of a, they were kind of a dirty bird when you were a farmer because they made a mess. But a sparrow, and sparrows then may have been different. Apparently they could have sold a sparrow 
he says that a sparrow is sold for two pennies. But look what he says. Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. God sees the little sparrow fall. It meets his tender view. If God so loves the little birds, I'm sure he loves me too. It's an old song, old children's song. Don't be afraid. You are of much more value than many sparrows. We may never understand why God's love sometimes, God in love sometimes lingers. But we can rest assured that God's love is always at work. He may not move according to our schedule, but he is right on time for what is best. Can we, can we accept that by faith? He is right on time for what is best. And he has our good ultimately forever in mind. <clears throat> and remember this, God's, God's ways are not our ways, but his character is dependable, is faithful. Be reminded in the times that we're struggling and going through the questions. Go back to what you know about God. The scriptures that reveal the heart of God and his faithfulness. And that's why it's good. Uh, you know, I think of that scripture, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you've ever... Uh, been going through a hard time, and there's different promises of God that comes to your mind. That is the word of God. Faith cometh by the word of God. Remind yourself that God is your strength, that he's your source of comfort, that he won't let you fall, that he loves you passionately and only wants the best for you. I've got a little quote here from an author, Martha Tennyson. And she said, <clears throat> We only trust people we know. If you're struggling to trust God, it may be because you don't really know God. You find out what you really believe in the darkest hours. You find out that the God you know is the God you can hold on to. I think of that example of the, the disciples in Matthew 8 when Jesus was asleep in the boat. And when they finally woke Jesus up because they thought they were going to perish in the storm. And he stilled the waters and the wind. And they just stood there in awe and said, what manner of man is this? Do we really know Jesus? I think that as we were singing that song, what a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name, the name of Jesus. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the storm obey his voice? Sometimes we interpret God's delays 
as God's denials. A delay in answer is not a sign of God's indifference or his failure to hear. The delay will help us. It will make us stronger. While God is never late, he is rarely early. That's encouraging, isn't it? Jesus could have spoken the word and healed Lazarus, but there was a purpose in his seeming delay. What is a life of faith? And I, I found this little definition of, of faith, and I felt that it was very, very uh, encouraging, very uh, important. What is a life of faith? Faith is about how you live your life in the meantime, how you make decisions when you don't know for sure what's next, what you do with yourself between the last time you heard from God and the next time you hear from God is the ongoing challenge of a life of faith. I'd just like to read that again. <clears throat> what is a life of faith? Faith is about how you live your life in the meantime. How you make decisions when you don't know for sure what's next. What you do with yourself between the last time you heard from God and the next time you hear from God is the ongoing challenge of a life of faith. Sometimes it's hard to let God take control. And sometimes he even allows us to come to the place where we feel out of control. But, you know, God works in our life at a pace that we can handle. Martha ran to Jesus. As she ran, nothing else mattered but seeing Jesus. And she pours out her grief. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In a way, she's kind of accusing him of, of her brother's death because he didn't make it there. But listen to what her, her confident commitment is to Jesus. She says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So when he said, take the stone away, that was almost an impossible thing, a very completely impractical thing for them to do, take the stone away. But Jesus, in his, in his better plan, he wanted to show them the truth of the resurrection. He knew that they would struggle with the concept of the resurrection that they would have doubts when his tomb turned up empty. Jesus was wanting to show them that death can be turned into life, sorrow into gladness, and suffering into triumph. But although, and I want to encourage you with these words, listen to these words. Although Jesus knows what's around the corner in our lives, he still gets down in the middle of our sorrow and holds us close 
mingling his tears with ours. Today, we may not understand, but someday all the scattered pieces will fall into place, and we will suddenly say and understand that the hand of God had been with us all the time. So I close with this verse, verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Remember that he loves us. And when we go through those difficult times, even although he may know that there's something around the corner that is just really wonderful, still, as we go through those difficult times, he gets down and mixes his tears with ours. He knows, he cares, he understands, and he has a good plan. Father in heaven, we just come to you this morning, and we are thankful that you have a good plan. I pray that you will encourage each one that has heard this word, that hears the sound of my voice, that they will be able to release themselves into your plan. Whether it's good times or bad times, that you care and you understand and you walk with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing upon this people today, that as they go about the, the duties of the day, whatever their plans are for this day, may they know that you have a good plan for them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. The Lord bless you. And have a wonderful day.